TTB Music Podcast. Excellent. Um, lights, light, lights, light, the lights, lights are all lighting. Everything. Do you know what? I listened to one of our podcasts recently. Did you? Yeah. Is that the one that ended before it's meant to end? Uh, possibly. Um, oh, did we do one of those recently as well? We did. Apparently my uh, editing skills were somewhat lacking. Oh, I think it second, finished before it was meant to finish. The second podcast was cut somewhat short. Oh, right. I discovered by also listening to one of our podcasts. Oh, right. Oh, excellent. Well, Obviously, well. I, I knew this because of all the people, all our listeners that had uh, emailed to say beforehand. Let me just check my mailbox. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Never mind. Anyway, so I, what I was about to say was I've been listening to one of our podcasts recently. I don't know. We all have this, all these jingles and stuff at the start. There, hey. <laughs> well done. <laughs> jingle, jingle. Anyway, should we do this properly now? Yes. Right. Uh, podcast five. Ooh. Uh, so we've almost caught up. Halfway through the year. Not bad. Uh, so, six albums for our discussion, as per usual. Natalie Prass, The Future and the Past. Churches, Love is Dead. Lily Allen, No Shame. Courtney Barnett, Tell Me How You Really Feel. One O Tricks, Point Never, Age Of. And Licky Lee, So Sad, So Sexy. Even rhymes. Excellent. Um, so, kicking off things, uh, Natalie Prass, her second album, her first album... Uh, was a favourite on the podcast. I remember. Um, does the second one live up to the promise or not, Peter? Uh, tricky, this one, because um, it is different. It's, it is different. It's very yes. different. Um, and and as, as, ever, as ever, that is to be commended. Um, actually, there's a real sort of love of um, a, kind of, a, particular, a particular blend of um, funk and soul that sort of permeates throughout this album Absolutely. at times um which is which is really good and it's really done well um so i mean for me i was like opening track natalie prass more like natalie prince there is a bit of yeah there is a bit of hey, that going on I see that that? yeah oh, this is, this is brilliant. um you know so so you start with something that's very very princess-esque and for the second podcast in a row i'm going to say in all his funk and glory or yep. words to that effect. Did I say pomp and circumstance last time? I can't remember. That doesn't matter. What matters is that this album gradually morphs across, you know, different shades Several. of R&B mm. um, before ending, as I said, in, in something that's very akin to um, sort, of, sort of 70s style. Almost disco. Do you know what I mean? That sort yeah. of particular sound that, that you only get on 70s records uh, of a particular, you know, end of the, of the soul spectrum. Um, yeah, no, I, which was which was interesting, which was interesting, and I'm thinking in particular of um, the track "Never Too Late." Yeah, um, which uh, is it sounded like something that could have been cut from, from oh, absolutely something forty years ago. It was, but but done well, you know. Um, but overall, uh, I have to say, um, not my thing. This album, yeah, didn't, didn't quite hit with me, if I'm honest. Um, but I can perhaps see, you know, and maybe it's the difference in style. 
But then again, she demonstrated that difference in style even with that first album. Because I seem to recall when we went and saw her live, it was like seeing a completely different version of the album. Yes, because so, there, so, there, there, there was no strings or anything like that, which is the, the first album. For, for, yeah. for, for our dedicated listener, the first album was very stringy. Very, very stringy. Um, so, I mean, as I said, yeah, de- commendable, very clever, um, and probably almost certainly deserves repeated listings. Uh, this is the cl- this is a classic third listen album Thought for me. Yeah. Um, first two listens, I was like, yeah, 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 quite, yeah, yeah. Fine, quite, quite, quite getting this. Quite like the uh, the lyrical kind of leanings, leanings of it, kind of you know, me too, girl powery type stuff going on. Um, and the third li- third listen, I suddenly went, oh, now I get it, yeah all coming together right. as you say it has that whole it's very much I mean, when we saw her live she did a Janet Jackson cover yeah and, and yeah, that makes sense now you can definitely <laughs> bizarrely you can definitely hear that yeah influence on on this record but it's like Janet Jackson from the 80s yeah taken back to the 70s yeah as yes. a starting point yeah. rather than the, um so you, uh, you you you're spot on when you said there's, there's a definite um R&B soul vibe, uh, very much in the 70s R&B, light soul vibe running through the heart of this record, mm. um, with kind of you know, that kind of replacing the lush strings that were prevalent on that first record. Um, but even going on from there, there, that there is still there's still elements of. Um, of just gentle pop in there as well. There's a couple of tracks on here where I kind of thought, you know, Haim, 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 could be do, could be doing <laughs> do, do, could be do, doing doing this. Um, which it's, it's um, I think it might be the fire and something else. But into the fire. I think I could see I could see I could see them singing this this song. There was another song oh, later yes. later on that was also a bit yes. uh, a bit a bit like that. Um, love the track sisters. You know, a true a true. You know. Power to the Sisters, Power to Women, kind of anthem kind of, kind of song. Um, uh, Lost, I think, it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. And that reminded me much more of the of the uh, style of the first album. Hmm. Um, uh, and similarly, it's hot as it's hot for the mountain. Really like the uh, use of lyrics on the second last track, Far from You, which is uh, dedicated to kind of Karen Carpenter, and it even kind of re- reworks the you know. Um, why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? It's kind of reworking of that saying, you know, uh, tell me why do the birds, why do they suddenly disappear instead of singing here, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. A nice touch. Um, so I'm now kind of think five listens into this album and it's um, going to be up there, up, up there in definitely in my top five at the moment for. Wow records thus far this year okay i reckon um so yeah i, 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 I like it and it's uh, it's a grower right it's, it's a grower i'll give it another crack funky grower yeah cool moving away from the funk uh to the third outing from um glasgow's churches uh and uh yeah time to get the synths out <laughs> yeah um yeah, where, yeah, where to start? This is 
Uh, I mean, I think we, I can't remember if we reviewed the second album or not. I know we didn't review the first one. Um, uh, we've reviewed one of them. It would be, it would be the second, the second one. There. Um, mm. This doesn't change their formula, um, particularly. Um, they are very much a straight-ahead synth-pop band of the kind that were many yeah. in the in the in, in the 80s and are now. Uh, almost non-existent which actually makes churches stand out quite well actually as a pop band currently yeah. um, because there's there genuinely isn't many people doing what they're doing and the people that are aren't doing it in dare i say this kind of pure form they're, they're, they're doing it and then having some rap going on or they're having some more dance aspects coming mm -hmm. coming coming in yeah. this is very much an album um probably perhaps different production values but they're making records that could have been made in the 80s yeah. Um, I don't see that as a bad thing um, because um, basically what they're trying to do is make well-crafted synth pop songs and I think this album is chock full of mm. well-crafted synth pop songs um, you know I like um, it's poppy it's Boppy, it's dancey, it's kind of everything you want from this kind, this kind of record. It's not consistent; it's not totally consistent. There are there are definitely high, highs, highs and highs and lows, and some of it sounds, um, you know, better than others, others for me. But I think it starts off really well with a graffiti and get get out, and then there's some other great pop moments: uh, "Never Say Die" and "Heaven Hell" and "Forever," my personal favourite on the album at the moment. Um, it's just really really fun and, and they also managed to throw in a, uh, a really nice ballad as well which I really like to the one um, is it really gone yeah which I think is a really really nice song bizarrely the the um, collab with um, Matt from the National hey um, my enemy doesn't really work for me particularly um, it's not bad in any, any sense but yeah, it just jars a bit. It jars because I think it jars because I think the rest of the um, the rest of the album is so consistently good and follows uh, a particular formula, and the formula is 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 the band as they are. Yeah, you know, with her up front doing the majority of the vocal work. Um, I think that's why it suddenly, it suddenly pulls you out of that. I think there's always a risk with collaboration. Um, Particularly when you have a very set sound, that that when you do drop something different, I mean that sort of collaboration, I think always works better, um, either on a on an album that is deliberately collaborative, or or maybe is it dropped away as a B side, or, yeah, or an extra track somewhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A B side. <laughs> you know what I mean. I do uh, know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> in fact, most people now know what I mean because vinyl so so in. Um, which brings me back to the 80s and um, when of course vinyl was prevalent and uh, so was um, synth pop music with religious overtones uh, yes <laughs> you know this took me back if, if only we knew a band that, that, we, that used to write if, stuff if like that yeah. if only we knew another band that used to write stuff like that I'm sure their name will come back to me shortly um, but references oblique or otherwise to Depeche Mode it's um it's I, I'm sweeping 
um, with uh, 80s nostalgia. Uh, I think this is actually an awesome pop album um, in its own right. Uh, I think lyrically it's fun, musically it's fun, um, and you've listed all I think all the best tracks on it. I mean, I'm a special. I pulled out Heaven, Hell, Miracles, and Graffiti again yeah. as, as some of my personal favourites. Um, and and thinking of of the mode, um, there's a wonderful little instrumental called um, Two. Um, italics yeah uh, towards the end of the album um, Roman numeral 2 and which which sort of is sort of a little bit noodling that then goes straight into the track um, Wonderland yes so uh, and, and that that was just that's pure Depeche Mode talking about B-sides that's a pure Depeche Mode <laughs> instrumental tucked away somewhere I, I loved it so yeah no I really enjoyed this album a lot and produced by uh our, our, our friend Greg, Greg, Greg Kirsten, remember Greg from Prison the Foo Fighters album, and he also yeah. cropped up on the um, Rappy album as well. Um, yeah. Rappy album. The one that everyone thought was the best album of the year. <laughs> Which Rappy album? <laughs> Which the, the rapper that Drake? Every, no, the rapper that everyone likes. Oh, one of our rappers? No. No. <laughs> I can't remember his name. It's really embarrassing. But also, he also co-wrote uh, Liam's um, half of Liam's album. Really? Oh, him? Right. Yeah. That Greg? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think which rapper you mean now. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Greg, Greg, who, funnily enough, yeah, produced um, most about? most of the previous albums by the next person we're reviewing. Oh, right. But not the but not the current record. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Cool. Well, moving on. Yeah. So. Moving on to the fourth album, which I thought, you know, surprising. in some ways I thought you made more, but clearly not. Um, Maybe she just filled the airspace. Lily Allen and No Shame. In between. Which is probably a theme on this album, isn't it? Um, Lily Allen, No Shame. Um, and this is, you know, as as with her, I think we've, re- we've reviewed one of her albums before, pretty certain we have. But as with all her albums, this is very much driven by by her strong personality, and, and I mean that in a and I do mean that in a very complimentary way. Um, her sort of acerbic take on um, on fame. Um, I wrote acerbic. Did you write acerbic? What's that? It's the first time I've used it in a podcast. Yeah, I'm using acerbic and astute. Really? Oh, how's about that? I was doing a bit of alliteration. Hey, a bit of alliteration. Charming. Um, this is another word I'm about to use. Um, acerbic take on fame, Twitter. Um, sort of f- familiar themes for her, but yet seemingly still sounds fresh. Um, and uh, the album's sort of very very in your face in that sort of way that Robbie Williams can be in your face, you know. Yes. Uh, when he when he performs. Um, but then, what's curious about, and I, I seem to remember this as a theme from a previous album of hers, then about halfway through the album, or a third of the way through the album, it drops into this very charming, there it is, um, sort of s- sequence of tracks, um, which begins with um, Family Man, mm. uh, which is very sort of Beatles-y in its sort of melodies. And yeah, I guess so. Um, and and the, the tone of the album just suddenly changes. It's almost like, you know, you flip the record over and, and, and it's a di- different different piece of work. So... After all, all the talk at the beginning of Dicks is um, is quite quite different. It yeah. You know, and it's um, and there's about three tracks there. One of which is called Three, 
Um, I mean, three which, is very cute, which which I like, and, yeah. I, and that's that's a, it's also quite a clever song because obviously it's 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 addressing obviously the problem of balancing work and parenting, yes. but yes. As, as as kind of voiced by her children essentially. Yeah, yeah, which is um, it's uh, yeah, it's just it just I mean, it feels more personal. I think I think the first, the beginning of the album feels like Lily Allen the 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 star, mm. um, and then the middle of the album you get Lily Allen the the human being, which is which is nice. Um, the pace picks up again for me towards the end, however, um, and uh, there's again some great lyrics in here. I like the the one where she rhymes um, "put put the loser in an Uber." I like that. <laughs> that tickled me. Uh, on the track, I think it was my one. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so those are my thoughts. Good pop album again. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like it, but I suppose was in some ways disappointed with it as, as, as well partly because I think the album that we did review uh, I'll just look at this funny minute, when was it, it was it? two or three years ago wasn't it? well it was quite a while ago actually yeah, yeah. So, um, it was one of, wow in fact nine years ago Pete so it'd be, it'd no been quite late, yeah. so it'd have been it's not me it's you <gasps> the one that had the fear and versus yeah like, um, nine years ago yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a tough flow when you're having fun um and I, 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 I really, I really liked that album, and I, and I thought that album channeled uh, her amusing acerbic okay. uh, wit and uh, astuteness for writing about everyday life and herself. And I think, I think um, she's perhaps not given enough credit for her, her for, for her lyrical ability in fact I, th- I, I would I would say that of the style of writing that she has of that, that self self-confessional um, style I think she's probably one of the best the UK's produced in the last 20 years yeah uh, and lyrically as you said I mean the album is is strong I mean there's um, I like it it's, 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 come on then it's the start when she's going yeah I'm a bad whether I'm a bad wife you saw on the socials with it online like I said yeah. and, and you're going you know your phone and get to say you know, know me if that's the truth why does nobody phone me mm. <laughs> um, she turns a good phrase still uh, musically I thought the album was a bit more hit and miss um, whilst obviously it was nice to hear our friend gigs showing up on track 2 it wasn't gigs was it yeah uh, <laughs> I meant the rapper Ryan, I think. <laughs> um, I think you mean Stormzy. Trigger you bang. You haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's just, there was, I felt the, the urban sound of a few of the earlier, uh, early, earlier tracks wasn't really working for me musically. No? Uh, I was a bit kind of like bored. Um, but then, as you say, Family Man and Apples and Three, uh, in the middle of the album, it's a really good three some tracks, and you kind of pull it back in and reminded, reminded why, if you like Lily Allen, why you like Lily Allen. Um, again, it then kind of drops off a bit for me again, again, but I like, quite like Pushing Up Daisies and Cake, the end of the, end, end yeah. of the record. So I, I would say, it's for me, it's a kind of an okay album, not a great, not a great album, um, but... Um, given all the shit she had to put up with and all the hassle she gets from the newspapers, glad to see her back. Yeah. Doing what she's should be doing, making music. Yeah, exactly. Great. 
So changing uh, musical styles again, um, we go into the second album from Courtney Barnett, uh, Tell Me How You Really Feel. Uh, we reviewed her collab with Kurt Vile, didn't you? Kurt Vile last Yeah, I remember. Uh, last end, year. End, Please end, tell me that was last year. Yes, the end, the end of last year, an album <laughs> we both an album we both <laughs> liked when they yeah. did some new, new songs and then covered, covered each other. Covered each other's other songs. Yeah, it was a good album. Um, so this is the second full album alone, as it were. Um, and I like this. I like this record. It's short. Uh, no, that's the reason I like it. Um, but it's we're always talking about having about searching for decent indie albums and stuff like that, and struggling to find decent indie albums. Um, the sound of this record is kind of two parts The Strokes and one part. Liz Fair um, st starts off with that kind of um, slow bleeding um, relentless kind of riff that runs through, runs through the whole of the opening track Hopefulness and it's a great 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 track it sets uh, it kind of sets the scene lyrically for the whole album it's an album about kind of relationships and equality and you know kind of things to it, but I, I like the just some of the titles of the songs are just, you know, hard not to laugh at. You know, mm. crippling self-doubt and yes. a general lack of confidence. Yeah, yeah. I'm not your mother, I'm not your bitch. Um, walking on eggshells, almost kind of, you know, summing up what they're about. But I particularly like uh, Nameless, Faceless in the middle of the album, yeah. um, which is literally talking about the kind of people that kind of stalk women and them around and stuff and it has a great line in the and uh, towards the end of it when he says I could, I could eat a bowl of alphabet soup and spit out a bit of words in you which I thought, <laughs> which I thought was just just a brilliant brilliant yeah. line um, and it just rattles along uh, it's, it's an album that I just, you know, some albums are really I think are really easy to listen to some albums are a bit of a chore when we're doing this podcast this one I got to the end quite quickly and thinking oh you finished oh that was alright yeah about to start listen again thought yeah this is this this yeah I, I, this is you know the bits we heard off, off on that uh, collab album thinking yeah this is that and then more yeah like it. It, it it made me want to go back and listen to the collaboration she did with Kurt Wilde again hmm. I mean that in a good way as opposed to nah I needed to go back and listen to that because <laughs> that was better uh, no I mean it made in a good way and, and, and something else I haven't said for a while that I mean in a good way it's a solid album um, it's a solid, you know, really nice mix of indie, as you said, uh, rock and a bit of blues, um, and yes, yeah, some quite abrasive lyrics. Abrasive, so I'll say a bit abrasive. It's all uh, the A's, isn't it? Yeah, it's all the A's. Um, alongside some more velo, me, fellow, fellow vibes. Ve ve velo and mellow, yeah. Yes, mellow, mellow vibes. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. Nice. I, I, again, I really, really enjoyed the album. I think. I agree with your nameless, faceless. It's interesting. It's you know, it's up there as one of the better tracks. Um, love the title of crippling self doubt and general lack of confidence. Yeah. Um, love the song as well. It's yeah, really, really, really funny. And I, I remember this from the um, again this album and the previous album we talked about the collaboration. Um, there's a very sort of there's a great sort of line of comedy almost in some of this very serious mm. songwriting. Um, which again, a bit like the previous album, it, it, it's a good turn of phrase uh, to use a turn of phrase. 
Yeah, enjoyed this. Moving on, we uh, move on to the, I believe, the ninth studio album um, by 103.never, Page Off. We uh, reviewed the last one. Um, since, uh, <laughs> although since that, since then there was a, uh, a, unsurprisingly, there was a, there was a film soundtrack in between. Then you can't imagine that. Really, can't imagine um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, so ninth album from the bloke whose name I can't remember, but Peter. The bloke whose late substitution into the podcast took us away from an all female lineup. It did, yeah. Yeah. The exception of Matt from the National, obviously. True. Um so his, gu- his guest appearance. His guest appearance. <laughs> Put in my notes here, one thingy. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I spit OPN it was his. Yeah. Um this was the uh, the final album I listened to in preparation. Um and I mean, as you know, I'm not even going to bother to t- talking about the track listings and, and stuff because um, no, it kind of just all falls into one long, continuous soundscape. Um, soundtrack, indeed. I was reminded a lot of the work that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have done um, um, and collaborated on in recent years in terms of not just their soundtracks, but some of their instrumental stuff as well, yes. away from the Nine Inch Nails name, although they're now that as well. Uh, more on that maybe later. Um, so it's yeah it, it, it's it's all right i have to admit um i think this is another album that probably warrants repeated listenings if you can handle it uh if 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 out there um dis- disrupted um sounds noodling and instrumentals are your thing and by disrupted i was very much reminded of a nine inch nails sort of sound we're on on a, f- a few of the later tracks, I think it's Myriad Industries and Warning. Mm. One of those, I've got a real sort of nin, you know, with the yes. plucking of the guitar string put through God knows how many machines. Um, and, and, but at other times, it just sort of gently floated along. Um, I, I, I quite like the, the instrumental uh, aspects of this album. I found his vocals a bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I was reminded of that... Um, I was reminded of the guy out of um, oh, uh, Tears for Fears, not the vocalist oh. of Tears for Fears, the crazy one that did all the, yeah. you know, um, he, he, not, not Roland, not, not, yes, him, Roland, yeah, Zaval, yeah, I was reminded of him vocally for some reason, and I was like, it's not him, is it? <laughs> you know, well, that's good because it's hard to hear the vocals because obviously yeah. the vocals are, are all turned up to eleven silly on uh, auto tune to. Yeah. Make them sound warped and yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, but wow, wow. Well, that just speaks volumes for for Roland, then, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, uh, so I found that a little bit. Uh, oh, oh, okay, we're doing vocals now. Um, so yeah, not not. I was a bit meh on this one. Ah, that's probably coming across. <laughs> Harpsichord ahoy! This <laughs> album is like it's, <laughs> it's it's. There's a lot of harpsichord going on. Yeah. Um, it's imagine it's imagine a kind of pastoral chamber music and quite straight pastoral chamber music thing, then performed by a avant-garde um, dance artist, and yes. is pretty much the direction you go in with this this record. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mixture of that kind of thing. And some actual songs, which is quite interesting because there are actual 
slightly warped, but some actual songs on it as well. Um, what I quite like about this record is um, is I, I, I kind of liked the way the songs were kind of almost musically sculpted by taking bits from various genres here, there and everywhere and trying to uh, meld them into um, a cohesive thing. I was reminded somewhat, particularly on the actual songs, uh, like Babylon and um, I think it's Certain Station, particularly, of the last Bon Iver album, yeah. um, which also had that same, yeah. particularly with the, the tr vocal treatment and the kind of choppiness of um, the arrangement of the so songs. Yeah. It was very much akin to that. To, um, um, that. But there's still enough in there that's kind of actually musical. Popular. Babylon, which is the probably the main pop song on the album, which is the second, second, second track. It's like almost like a warped country folk track. Um, and Station, similarly, is one of these, is, is a kind of almost pure pop song that then uh, f kind of melts away into almost like a kind of a tangerine dream kind of. Um, soundtrack piece at the end. Um, I kind of like this record. Um, but I really knew I kind of like this record is when we got to We Take It, which is really noisy, choppy, lots of kind of loops going back on themselves and stuff like that. And I thought, ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But this is what modern instrumental mental dance music should sound like. This is fun. Um, and again, I got I got to this album really really quickly, and and um, I'd say it pretty loses its way slightly towards the very very end, where it kind of does get a bit bland. Yeah. Um, but it gets a bit bland because of how, for me, how engaging the first half, the first two thirds of the album, album are, because it's always kind of moving moving and changing, and, yeah. I, kind of, and I kind of I kind of like that, it kind of kind of hooked me in, and particularly in the context of the other albums we're listening to in this podcast. It was like so different and um, fresh almost yeah. that, that um, like I thought yeah like this oh there we go can I say the same about the fourth album from Licky Lee though that's the thing can you yes and no okay um, my problem I'm going to start with my problem with this record my problem with this record is I own the two previous records yeah of hers and they're both really, really good. Yeah. And particularly the, her second album, yeah, um, Wounded Rhymes, which is mm -hmm. frankly a work of pop genius as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. This album fails to live up to those two records, which is my starting point for 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 this album. Um, had I not heard those two records, I would probably be slightly more positive about it because. I think taken in and of itself, it's just still probably going to be one of the best records of its ilk this this this, this year, because there's still enough uh, lyrical and musical interest to make it a worthwhile record to listen to. Um, it gets off to a cracking start, and Hard Rain is is you know classic, literally really strong. Modern pop music, great lyrics, great chorus. 
after that, for me, it's a bit kind of, hmm, yeah, a bit too much box-ticking modern R&B-influenced kind of cookie-cutter pop, and I'm kind of wait, waiting for more of her to come back out and kind of take control and make things a bit more different and interesting. Um, I think there are moments when that, that, when that, that happens. Um, the last piece I quite like, um, so sad, so sexy. The title, which is the title track, I think it's a really, really strong pop tune. Mm. Better alone, I think, is a cracking ballad, um, which oddly enough kept, keeps reminding me of um, Kate Bush and Peter Gabriel's "Don't Give Up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep that kept coming to my head. Cool. That, that is, first thing is, it doesn't actually sound like that at all. But there was just something about the way the song was structured. Yeah, it keeps crashing back into this podcast, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, they just kind of <laughs> kept doing that to me. Yeah. Um, lyrically, I also thought that I think some of the um, ideas in it were hammered a bit too much. There's, there's, there's several um, cigarette and smoking analogies going on to, to do with relationships that seems to be kind of when one might have been enough that seems to crop up in a couple of the tracks on the album um, so I got to the re end of the album and it's a short album again another short record so it, it uh, zaps by quite quickly thinking yeah this is an okay record but because I know she's capable of really good records not just okay pop records which ultimately for me at least disappointing oh I'm sorry to hear that Genuinely, um, I'm sure she won't mind. I'm sure she won't. I, 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 I kind of see where you're coming from because I remember the previous albums we've listened to together having quite a strong impact. Um, whereas, so I was, I was perhaps expecting greater things myself based on our previous experience, and then maybe feeling a slightly, slightly, slightly underwhelmed. Not as much as yourself, but yeah, yeah, by 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 the result. I actually thought the album's a great combination again of um artful pop and and sort of gentle r and b yeah i've written it gentle r and b <laughs> hey uh, <laughs> sweeping sounds and gentle r and b um delivered with with cutting lyrics as you say you know very sort of cutting lyrics um there were a lot of individual tracks i quite liked on the album hmm. so i mean you know I've, I've written here um on my notes i sort of like the last piece better alone i flagged up as one of the better songs on the album as well um, along with Bad Woman mm. um, and um, and Hard Rain, I also found quite quite catchy. Um, I think this is going to be one of the, one of those albums that sort of, again demands repeated listening just to pick up the little sort of nuggets and clever little twists on things. Um, at the start of uh, Jaguars in the Air, which is a ridiculous <laughs> and yet somehow catchy title for a song. Yes. Um, there's a little gentle Major Tom style strumming on a guitar mm. right at the beginning, just buried in there. Sort of little Bowie sort of moment, which um, which I, 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 it made me smile. I, I picked that up instantly. Uh, oh, it's not it's not obvious. Um, so yeah, I think there's just little things like that. And it, you go back and listen to it again. I'm sure there's other things that you know, Easter eggs that I've missed. But you know, um, so so I like that. And I like I, I imagine it's one of those albums that, that that you just again repeated listening just keeps delivering these little little nuggets and things. Um, but yeah, I kind of I kind of sympathise where you're coming from. I perhaps didn't dislike it, not dislike it. I perhaps didn't feel as underwhelmed as yourself. Yeah. So, how about the podcast? Oh, well, it, I think, to be honest with you, 
Um, I think based on a couple of your reviews, I think there's a couple of things I've missed, and that particularly around Natalie Press and um, not One O Tricks, but uh, who else have we listened to? <laughs> All right, we'll stick with Natalie Press and possibly One O Tricks. I perhaps need to go back and listen again, and uh, and I think you've swayed me on a couple of those. But I think for me, that the my album podcast is Churches. Mine is Natalie Prass, but I agree the Church's album is uh, a fine record and certainly uh, their best since the debut album. Yep. The middle album was a bit meh. Yeah, yeah, agree. Love is dead, everyone. (laughs) 